everyone, and welcome to episode six of Wonderfilled Week. I'm your host, Caitlin Corey. Today's topic is the importance of taking a break. I just listened to a very inspirational TED Talk given by Stefan Sagemeister on the power of time off. I'm actually going to link it in the bio of this episode so you guys can check it out. But the idea of what Stefan was saying was so eye-opening. Stefan runs a design studio in New York, and he was saying that every seven years, he closes his studio for an entire year. So even though it's a very successful company, he takes an entire year off every seven years. And he uses this year to explore the world for inspiration, to meditate, to check in with himself, and to come back to work rejuvenated and having experiences under his belt and a fresh perspective that actually benefits his art. He was saying that the breakdown of life is basically this. We spend the first 25 years of our life learning, then another 40 working, and tack on an extra 15 at the end for retirement. So his idea is to take off five of those years of retirement and intersperse them into the working years so you stay fresh, so you stay rejuvenated, so you stay happy. You're not overworked, you're not burnt out. And I just thought this was such a good idea. So I actually had the pleasure of FaceTiming one of my good friends who you guys know, Julie Rakowskis, who was on episode one of Wonderfilled Week. And she is actually taking a little bit of a sabbatical herself in the Netherlands. And I checked in with her to see her thoughts on the importance of taking a break. So why don't you all take a break and enjoy this interview? Okay, I am on FaceTime with one of my best pals, who you guys actually know, Julie Rakowskis. Hello, Julie. Hi, I'm so happy to be back. Welcome back to the program. First repeat guest. How do you feel about that? It is an absolute honor and a pleasure. (laughs) Okay, so tell everybody where you are FaceTiming in from. I am currently spending some time in a city called The Hague, which is in the Netherlands, about 45 minutes south of Amsterdam. Okay, so you're really far away. I'm far away from you. So to set the scene for everyone, Julie's having wine and I'm still having coffee because of the time difference. Big time difference there. I prefer my... uh, I prefer my zone at the moment. Yeah, I know. I may have to get on board with you. Do a little <laughs> five o'clock somewhere action. I'll pour you a glass. Okay, so we're actually taking a break together. You're having a wine break, I'm having a coffee break, and we're FaceTiming to catch up. So this kind of goes with what we're talking about today, the importance of taking a break. So I feel like because we're we'll get into why you're in the Netherlands. But basically, I figured you'd be the perfect person right now to talk about the importance of taking a break with how your usual yearly schedule looks and what you're doing now. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of a background of how your school year was this year? Sure. Well, I, and I think uh, if you listened to the episode before where I was honored to be a guest of Caitlin's, I let everyone know that I am a teacher in Boston. And so uh, anyone who's working in education knows that that is an incredibly demanding schedule. It can be a very challenging work environment, and it can be quite pressure-filled throughout the year. So that's where I'm sort of coming off from. And and you had an so, especially difficult year as far as you were transitioning back, you know, from you did a big move. You yeah. had, you know, you're jumping back into education yeah. after a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, and, and, and I think that all of that, that's sort of a great segue into this whole idea of taking a break because 
when I came back to work in education, it was from spending three years in Nashville, dabbling in the music world and doing some travel. So I went from completely dream chasing and carving out time for myself back to kind of being at the whim of all of these students in the classroom. And that's a big jump. That the first time, the first time around when you were in education, you got used to it because it was your normal. But I think going back to it's even harder. Would you agree? Like from having that sort of much different day-to-day schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Because I had so much freedom before and there's not a lot of, you know, I mean, it's funny because people who don't work in education would say there's so much freedom. You have school vacations and summer's off, but you know, broken record. It, it's it's just, it's so demanding and you need that physical and mental break from it. So it's kind of about trying to find a happy medium between your work, and this is for any profession, your work day and your personal life and making sure that you're allowing room for you to be you in the day too and not just getting wrapped up in the minutia of your career. Absolutely. And I think actually I would argue the opposite because in education, because you have all those breaks you're trying to fit so much in in the time that you're there together that it's actually yeah. more pressure instead of having 365 days to complete a goal or to reach something or to meet a standard you actually have to squeeze it in and there are these big breaks and then when you come back to school say from a holiday break or a spring break you have to get the kids back on track again it's a lot more pressure and it's actually it's actually kind of more difficult to have those breaks in between because well you're not actually taking a break on the breaks anyway you're still planning. You're still, you know, doing lesson right. planning and grading yes. and doing your curriculum. So it's not really like a – when people say that, I always think that's really a misconception. Constantly. And even in the summer and even here being geographically so far away, still my mind is thinking and planning for the next school year. It's something that it's, – it's difficult to shut off, but I do think there is a healthy way – to go about your job, leaving enough time for yourself and your own pursuits. I don't think that I had that balance this year, but part of this summer is to sort of reclaim that and figure out how I can make all of this work as a personal best practice for myself when the school year begins. Yeah, because I think this past school year, because it was so challenging, I don't think you really took hardly any time for yourself. Like anytime we would catch up and chat, I feel like it was like, really school oriented and curriculum and stress and I think this summer you almost have to do the opposite and go the polar opposite way and take all the time you can for yourself and then maybe work towards the 50-50 balance during the school year. And I will say that I have the luxury of of being over here and doing that so you know just to let your your listeners know that I'm here because my friend in the Netherlands is also a teacher she works in Boston for the summer, so I'm here staying at her place and actually taking care of her dog, which has been amazing and so much fun. But I also, it's so nice culturally um, to be immersed in another country, especially one like the Netherlands, because the Dutch really do understand uh, happiness and, and valuing your time and work-life balance. And so this has also been great perspective for me to hopefully bring back when I have to leave. Yeah, I feel like that's really true. I've, I've only been to Europe one time, but I feel like when I went there, it, it felt like a different schedule or a different, I don't know, just the way the day ticked on felt different. Like it wasn't so high pressure and stress. There was a lot more like siesta in the afternoon, middle of the day, take a break, shut down for yourself. There, there wasn't that guilt that went along with it or that yeah. sort of stigma of like, oh, you're resting or you're taking a break? Like there's, I didn't really see that in Europe when I was there. 
I think there's a lot of value on personal fulfillment. Certainly, I mean, you know, without becoming super political, they understand the need for extended vacation and maternity. And I mean, they're just more forgiving when it comes to that. And it's not as pressure filled as the U.S. That's true. I I don't know what it is about. I don't know if it's American culture or what, but or maybe it's just a personal pressure I put on myself. I feel like when I have a day where I don't do much, like say a Sunday right now, it's Sunday. And I just feel like when you take sort of that lazy day, I kind of feel like guilty. Does that ever happen to you? Yes, yeah. all the time. It's almost like success is based on productivity, even though I know that's not true. And I always try to like preach that on Wonderful that that's not the case, like that they're not equal. But right. sometimes, I don't know if it's innate or if it's just society or what, but I feel so guilty when I like have a day where I don't really do anything. It's ridiculous, but I, uh, it's, it is ingrained in us. And I think everyone kind of feels that way. And I don't know why that is, but I definitely feel that on those days where you kind of want to just loaf around and relax. You feel like you should be out. You should be doing something. You should be making something happen. Right. Those are the perpetual to-do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it never ends and it carries over to the next day. And you just feel like and sometimes, like, when you're doing these little day-to-day things like errands, they're not that these huge successful things. But for some reason, when we're always on the move, we feel like we're doing something. And that's right. not necessarily that's- making big strides in life, but it's just the feeling of movement, I guess, feels successful or like you're doing the right thing. But I, I really like the idea of the importance of taking a break because I was just telling Ryan, like, sometimes I just, this is going to sound silly too, but, like, sometimes I just, like, feel like I get overwhelmed by numbers. Like, in other words, like... Something as silly as like I have my Fitbit on. Did I make my 10,000 steps? How many more steps do I have to do to get to this number? How many calories did I get out to put in? Or like how many hours do I have to work to make this amount of money? So it's always like numbers. Sometimes I feel like I'm so like overwhelmed and stressed by the numbers in my life that I just want to like shut it all off and take a break. Like ditch the Fitbit. Don't worry so much about the numbers. Like just take a break. Yeah, I don't think that sounds silly. I think that we create these very high standards that we hold ourselves to and we're not very forgiving about needing an emotional or a physical break and I think that it's important to recognize that we need headspace you know and it's not just about taking a break sitting on the couch but it's about kind of being able to to mentally zone out and let yourself indulge in something that puts the numbers to the side or it puts the pressures of the day aside yeah that's something I definitely have to work on I I mean I do pretty well with it like when Ryan's cousins came to visit I said you know like I'm not gonna wear the Fitbit because I'm not gonna make the steps we're gonna be relaxing like I'm not gonna worry about calorie this or calorie that like I'm just gonna eat and enjoy and have fun I'm not gonna worry so much about spending where I would usually put like a limit on things I'm just going to like actually take that mental break to just enjoy my time. And I really did. And that week was like so nice. And it was actually really hard to get back to (laughs) the usual routine. So that's it, right? Like that's the question. How do we go about the usual routine? How are we successful in our day-to-day, in our career, while simultaneously allowing this space during the day for those physical and those mental breaks that we really need but often do not give ourselves it shouldn't be one day a week I'm going to take a little break and zone out I mean this should kind of become part of our routine but how do we make that oh absolutely because for me like when when those visitors did come and we I let go of everything it was from one extreme to the to the other like I could never live in that world where like 
I either do it all all the time without ever taking a break or just throw caution to the wind and don't think about anything like I did for that whole week. I have to find like some way, like, like you said, in the day to find these little moments of yeah. rest or break or relief or reprieve. And so I guess that's what I'm asking. How do I do that? Help me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's like the $900 million question. Right. Is, that was the name of the show, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the $900 million question. But yeah, I think it's all about, you know, a, a big word in society right now, sustainability. And I think that sustainability is important when it comes to routine. If you are just nose to the grindstone, working all day, every day, on the other end of the spectrum, if you're just eating out and relaxing and not concerning yourself with some of the important aspects of life, you're setting yourself up to not be successful. Right. It has to be some sort of balance, which is like, you know, it sounds so simple and like, of course, we're all striving for balance, but it is very elusive and like, how do you actually implement it into your day to day? And I obviously routine is huge, so we're already conditioned to wake up, to go to work, and so what we need to start doing is conditioning ourselves to allow for that break space too. And how do you coach mindfulness in someone, I guess? How are we going to – I mean, you have to start from the bottom, right? So that's something that needs to be in schools. We need to start teaching kids how to function as a whole human being. Yeah. Do you do that in your classroom? Do you, like, implement anything in the day for, like – meditation or like you know self-care any of that it's funny you should ask because (laughs) (laughs) as we talk about me being thousands of miles away and being on a summer off um, I have been kind of thinking about that while I've been here and how I can implement some kind of mindful meditation into my classes every week so that students are getting emotionally taken care of while they're at school right and so that's kind of my goal for the year is to implement that. I've been using the Headspace program this year, which uh, we are fortunate enough that in Boston, the Headspace app has been provided to teachers. That's awesome. It's amazing. It's so necessary. I'm so grateful for it. And so I've just been introduced to meditation this year. And it's, it's, I have to say it's really making a difference in those small moments in life. And imagine if you, now you're like in your 30s just discovering that. Now imagine if you implement this in the lives of young students. Like that will be something they grow up learning and being part of their day. So that's, I guess that's really the only way to make a difference for the next generation is to teach it to them at a young age. Make it become a habit. I mean, and it it has been great for me. I've been using it for a few months and it's, it's become a habit. And I think that even before we broke for the summer at school, I started using it on those overwhelming days and I was amazed at how effective it was. That's huge. And I feel like I feel like we've talked about this before, like when we were chatting about like productivity and we're like, if we had to go to work, we'd be up and at work. If we have like a class that we signed up for and paid for, it would be up in there. But when it comes time to like do something at home that you're not really on a schedule, like maybe you want to take out time to meditate, but it that's always the first thing to go, right? And in our busy days, the things that were like we're not they aren't necessarily mandatory. It's the accountability factor. How do you hold yourself accountable for those? Yeah. I have to learn better balance with that. I feel like I'll go like weeks and I'll be like meditating every day, going to Pilates like three times a week, working, all this. And then some weeks I'm just like, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything the entire week. Like for myself or to take the break or to find the balance. It's a lot. We try to fit a lot into our lives. That's part of the problem. <laughs> They're not all necessarily the right things, I guess. 
yeah, I don't know. Time management, I don't, is that a thing? Like, I, don't, I feel like I'm pretty good at that, but maybe I need to get good. It's really about prioritizing, right? It's about prioritizing yourself over the things for everyone else. But I think that's exactly the problem. We're so willing to do the things for other people that we're the thing on the to-do list that goes last. And so it always gets pushed to the next day or just canceled. We need to stop doing that. Yeah. It's not only that, but it's putting it's putting more value into all of the other things in your life over yourself. It's putting more value into your career. It's putting more value into your errands than it is to your body and your mind. And it seems so obvious, but it's so silly and we all do it. I know. And it sounds crazy when you put it in those terms like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually doing that to myself. But in little ways, we are doing that. Like we're telling ourselves, like, you don't matter as much. Like you can wait. You can go on the back burner. Yeah. And when you put it like that, it's sad. It's sad. It is. Do you feel like you're totally soaking in all the culture and the different vibe in Europe? Yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. It's been so nice. Uh, Another great thing about the Dutch people is that they ride bikes everywhere. And so that it's it's just it's fun and I also think that that is physically and emotionally a great health practice too because everywhere that I need to get to I'm riding a bike and it feels so nice it's summertime I'm outside it's forcing me to exercise but it's also a mode of transportation it's kind of a combination of this whole essentials I need to be somewhere but I can do something enjoyable to get there and not have to drive everywhere so culturally That seems like such a small, silly thing, but it's actually been amazing. I mean, you're not sitting in L.A. traffic on the 405, just like (laughs) screaming into your steering wheel. That does sound much more enjoyable, I have to say. (laughs) Trying to use the one highway that gets in and out of downtown Boston at rush hour? No, thank you. You're kind of like in a routine, like a healthy lifestyle. Like you said, you're dog sitting, so you're out with the dog. Like you're out enjoying the culture. You're riding bikes every day. Like you're really taking the time for yourself. Yeah, it's great. The weather, for the most part, has been wonderful, so I've been outdoors a lot, lots of long walks, um, and you know, I, I know, I, I recognize that it is a luxury to have the summer off. Uh, I would spend hours making the argument for why teachers need it, but I won't use your podcast as a platform for that. Well, I feel like anyone who wouldn't agree with that wouldn't be listening anyway. I feel like people who are listening <laughs> totally agree, and they co-sign that sentiment. Well, speaking of like, it's a luxury, you know, to have the summer off. I feel like it's also like it, it was really lucky that it worked out that you got to go there for like a few weeks and it just worked out timing wise with your friend and house sitting. What are some tips you think for people who are like home and like, you know, in the day to day, maybe they don't have summers off and maybe they can't go to Europe, which <clears throat> me, I want to be there with you. Um, so what about someone like me <laughs> can implement? I'm definitely going to get the Headspace app. That's definitely where I'm going to start get for sure. App. First of all, I wish you were here. Yeah, that'd be great. You'd be sitting with me and the dog, having a glass of wine, talking about prioritizing ourselves. So true. Ugh, maybe I'll just book the plane ticket. But no, that's just a quick fix. That's a quick fix. What can I do in my day-to-day life? Not in my fantastical life. Here are the things that I think I am going to try and take from the summer experience back to my day-to-day life when I get to Boston, which, as you know, is very go, go, go. So I have been going on walks here. I've been walking maybe an average of like seven miles a day. There's no reason why I can't keep doing that, right? Like if your grocery store is two miles away, 
I can walk. I can do that on the weekends. Right. Why not? Yeah. Or maybe would it be a good idea to like become a tourist in your own city? Because you know, in Europe, most most of the time when people are visiting, they're walking around because they want to see all the things that they're on a time crunch. They want to get everything in. So you're more willing to do it. I feel like when I moved to LA, I'd, I promised myself I was going to stay a tourist in my new city. So I'm always out trying to find something new. Like Ryan and I went to Santa Barbara yesterday, spent the day, and I walked all around Santa Barbara way more than I do in LA. So it's like maybe maintain like a level of like curiosity in your own city and maybe you'll be out and active more. That could be part of it. And I think there's something to be said for that because I do believe distancing yourself from the norm also kind of helps to spark your sense of creativity. And, you know, it it just, it gives you a little more room to, yeah, appreciate new things and not become stale. So I love that. Become a, tor- a tourist in your own city or in your own state or... Yeah, because when I... I've done so many more things in L.A. than I've done in Boston. And I'm from Boston and lived there for, you know, 20 plus years. And, like, there's still places in Boston. I'm like, oh, I've never actually been there. I've never actually done a duck tour. I think I've been to Fenway once. Like, I, I think there's something to be said for, like, exploring your city. And that will get yeah. you out there. I love that. I think that's great. I think being outside is huge. I've been doing a lot of reading here, which... I was just a voracious reader growing up. It's all that I used to do, and it kind of fell off into adulthood, and I've been really indulging that past 10 years. So maybe thinking about things that you love and that you're passionate about or that you loved as a child and sort of finding some time to re-explore them in your adulthood too is a great idea. Yeah, I think that's fun too because everyone knows I'm a nanny, and so a lot of times I get to see the world through the eyes of a child, and I get to do things again now as an adult that I haven't done since childhood, and that definitely does spark something inside of you. I literally haven't been on a swing in ages, and now like, you know, one of the the little boy that I nanny for, the youngest is four, and he's like, come on the swing with me. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't been on a swing in an age. Let me try this. And it's it just sparks something in you. It's fun. And That's it's like, how the biking feels. I should uh, confess something. <gasps> oh, my God. Juicy. <laughs> well, in the vein of exploring in your own city, when Ryan, a few years ago, Ryan and I decided we would go to Santa Monica and ride bikes, you uh-huh. know, along the bike path and just by the water. And it just seemed like such a nice... Uh, day to spend and so we get there and we rent the bikes and we go to bike <laughs> turns oh out your girl does not know how to ride a bike <laughs> no stop it i'm that dead serious that is true if you look at my instagram you will see that i am standing next to the bike for the photo and you will find I, no video footage child? I rode a bike as a child, and they say it's like riding a bike. It's literally the phrase. I I shared that information foolishly the other day with Ryan's cousin, and I was certainly roasted for the rest of the day about it. (laughs) But you know what? If you can't confess your truth and stand in your truth, then what's the point? Okay, so you're bringing back the walking. You're bringing back the reading. What else are you bringing back with you? So revisiting something in childhood that you loved or were passionate about walking and then you know I kind of thought walking biking really being outside and then I remembered that a very wise friend recently posted on her Instagram story about your bare feet making contact (gasps) with the earth earthing I know who this was I thought of that because every day uh the dog that I'm taking care of his name is Buddy so every day when Buddy and I walk to the beach I take my shoes off and walk on the sand and it is valid the connection sinking your feet into the earth it just 
there's some it, it's grounding it releases some kind of an endorphin i'm sure oh no I'm there's gonna... there's so much science behind it and it's so funny because mm-hmm. like in the busyness of life the little kids I nanny for is, I don't even think they've really ever really been outside, you know, aside from being in the pool or the beach or whatever, but like in the backyard, I'm always like, put your sh- socks and shoes on, like never really letting them outside without their shoes on because that's just right. like in society, put your shoes on to go outside. Like, I don't know, just getting caught up in being an adult instead of looking at it from through their eyes. And so when I saw that about earthing, uh, and I actually got that idea from my cousin Pat. He posted something about about it, and I was like really inspired by it. I let them go out in the backyard and play basketball on their bare feet, and I was like, this is so much better. And I should have always been looking at it through the eyes of a child. Like obviously, that's so much more fun to be outside barefoot. And I had forgotten that in the day to day life. But yeah, so then I did it too. I was like, I'm taking off my shoes. So yeah, that's sort of like the revisiting the childhood thing. But earthing, that's huge. I totally am down for that, and I try to do it every day now. It seems like through the eyes of a child, revisiting childhood, it seems like that's kind of a common denominator in a lot of these. And it's not surprising because childhood is carefree. And I mean, if you're lucky, childhood is carefree. You should try to maintain some level of that. Of like, of running and you're uninhibited and you're playing games and you're daydreaming and imagining. And I think that those are the things we lose as adults. And those are the important connections to forge when we get older that we kind of forget about that maybe help us to find that escape from the realities that we're facing. I'm so glad that you're doing this adventure. I'm calling it your e pray love adventure. I don't know if I'm you're calling, calling it that, friend. but I'm fully calling it that when I talk about it to people. I'm like, my friend is having her e pray love weeks in the Netherlands. So... Get into a, a verb. I'm e pray loving. Oh, yeah. It's entirely a verb. It's but I, I, I feel like it's so great because just seeing you at the end of the school year, I feel like you were a little, like, frayed, you know, like worn down from the year and I think that makes sense you have early mornings you have late nights and it's a long day and it's day in day out and so I just to hear you now and like even your voice has changed like I feel like your vibe has you know just been it's just lighter and it's just nice to see that you are you know giving back to yourself now you've given so much to the kids to the school to your job and now it's nice that you're pouring back into yourself because the reality is you're going to go back home and you're going to start teaching again and we may not implement these things every day as we want or hope to. So it's right. nice that while you have this time, you're, you're really resetting and recharging your batteries. I think that's important. Thank and it's you. nice to I, see uh, and it's inspiring to see. Well, you know, it, it feels great. I feel like there has been a nice light shift and I just, I hope that everyone, no matter what it is they do or what their life is like, what kind of job they have, I hope everyone is able to kind of revisit and find what it is that sparks joy for them. Right. Yeah, I mean, it could be something different for everyone. Like, I know some people say, like, their times when they go to the gym and they're working hard, and, like, to me, that is not. I would want to spend my time. That to me feels like it's on the chore list. But to some people, that's, like, their outlet. That's their me time. So it is going to be, you know, different for every person. It's individualized interests and and what, what speaks to you. So I just, you know, challenge everyone, urge everyone to try to find their thing that's going to make them feel like they're pouring back into themselves because what do they say you can't pour from an empty cup you cannot pour from an empty cup. so you got to take care of yourself first and maybe everyone needs someone else to check in with you know about hey have you taken your me space have you done your travel earthing walking yeah that's important oh i like that too like the buddy system the check-in accountability or your significant other or your mom or right check in with but I think that's true friendship, right? To say, like, I feel like because you're my true friend, I can say to you, like, at the end of the school year, like, you're ragged, like, frayed. Like, you needed this yes. time. Like, only a true... You're a hot freaking mess. <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. 
but you know what I mean? You need that friend that's like, listen, this isn't working for you. Like, I think yeah. that's kind of like the, tr- the measure of a true friendship, like when they're going to tell you the things that aren't always easy to say or hear. And so, you know, you kind of have to be willing to, to do that for your friends. Say, like, I really think, and you know, it doesn't have to be accusatory or like anything even negative, but more like, you know what, you seem really stressed out. Why don't we do this? Like, what can I do to help you? Want to go for a walk? Do you want to go and try to like connect with that person and, and help? Or compile some kind of break list, like all the either like small things like taking a walk or big things like travel, all of those things that are stress relievers or that are for personal enjoyment. How fun would that be if each person compiled a list and then you check in and kind of pick something off your list that's fitting for that day when you need it? I think all teachers need to do something like this in the summer. Take time yeah, for themselves I because I think teachers and teachers and nurses, I always say that, could not like we could not have this world without teachers and nurses. And I feel like I have a lot of friends who are both. And those are the people I respect and value so much because you just give so much to your career and to the future and to humanity. And a lot of times you are the last on the list. Like I have friends who are nurses who work 12 hour shifts and they never use the restroom. And they're so worried about everybody else and teachers who are the same thing, not using the restroom all day, not eating lunch, working through their school breaks, you know? And I just- Absolutely. And you, I mean, you know that life better than anyone. You were a teacher too. Yeah. I feel like so removed from it now and speaking to you during the school year, I was like, oh yeah. Like it was all coming rushing back to me. I'm just kidding. I know you love your job so much and the kids are so lucky to have you, but you know, the kids are going to be even luckier when you take care of yourself. Because I always say when you take care of yourself, you're a better everything to everyone else. Like if you're a mom, when you do, when you practice mom self-care and take time for yourself, you're such a better mom, such a better teacher. No matter what your career is, when you feel good, you'll be so much better at your job, so much better at everything. I think it's a disservice to my students if I come in stressed out and tired and not having given myself mental breaks or, you know, because I, like you said, you can't pour from an empty cup. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, everyone should really be practicing the self-care in some form because it's just going to make you feel better and it's going to make you be a better, whatever X, Y, or Z is. All right, everyone, make sure you practice self-care. Think about it. Make a list. Make your list. Get your buddy. Yeah, get your buddy. Make a list, even if it's one thing a day. Even if it's even if it's sitting in your car when you get home from a long day before you go inside to your family or to make dinner or to feed your kids or whatever busyness is also waiting for you at home because we're not under the impression that going home is always peaceful and chill. But even if it's just taking that five minutes in your car to listen to your favorite song while you're alone, before you go in, you know, just that little deep breath. It can be something as small as that. We're not talking about everyone has to go to Europe although I'm sure we all wish we could. Yeah, but just take care of yourself. Little moments, right? Little moments. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. I I love being a guest on your podcast. I really do.